Um, <clears throat> for those who are online, thank you. If you're on our app or directly on the website, we want to hear from you and we need you to text Stephen or you could email Stephen. We want to hear from you. It's so important uh, that, you, that you share ownership of the teaching. And those on Facebook live stream, thank you. Please be a part of this. Submit questions and speak grace and truth to us. Stephen will be manning those comments and that will be a huge help. So um, I want to begin and ask God's favor in prayer. Lord, I love you and I thank you for the way that you have shown uh, your faithful love. Nothing separates us from you and and we love you. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, but you came to give us life, and that life is abundant life. God, please get our hearts ready. Please. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, uh, doubts. I'm not sure where you are in your faith right now. Sometimes we have doubts and battle some things. I want to read this story from Mark 9, and I want you to, to consider the bigger picture of this story. I want to give you the context here. And I think that, that you're going you're gonna to see some things like I did that I really needed the Holy Spirit used in my life. Mark 9, 14 to 29. Now, this is the New American Standard 2020 translation. And this is how the scriptures read. And when they came back to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he said to them, what are you disputing with them? Now he said that to the crowd. What are you disputing with them? And one person from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son because he has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes stiff. I told your disciples so that they would cast it out, but they could not do it. And he answered and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When he saw him, the spirit immediately threw him into convulsions. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. But Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute 
and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out. And the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him and he got up. When he came into the house, his disciples began asking him privately, why is it that we could not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything except prayer. Wow. Let's walk through this together. What I want you to appreciate is the big picture. Because some of you have heard this story so much. But I want to give it a little bit of a, a larger focus so you can appreciate what's going on. So let's look at this. The first thing is that the disciples, the scribes, and the crowd argued about the boy. So that's an important scene. This is really the platform that this thing all plays out on. Jesus took some of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, went up on top of this mountain and had this amazing experience where he was supernaturally transfigured, and these disciples saw it. Meanwhile, down in the valley, this crowd was forming because a man heard that Jesus heals. The the reputation of Jesus and the disciples was going far and wide, and this desperate father thought, I've got to get my boy to him. I've got to get my boy to you. Um, I have a dear friend of mine who's been through a lot in his life. The one thing, though, that has broken him is that his son was horrifically damaged when an EMT failed to put in an airway correctly. And this little baby did not have oxygen for over two hours. And I've talked to them, he and I meet, and he's, his faith is amazing. And he told me, you know, he said, Chris, uh, <clears throat> I've asked God for a lot of stuff, you know, in prayer. But the one thing I have asked more than anything is for the healing of my son. And he said, I would give anything if my boy would be whole. The boy's five years of age, right? And to see him would break your heart. Okay. Sometimes we get to a place of desperation and we will do anything to get to Jesus. You know it. We'll face a crowd. We'll face critics. We'll face doubters. But we will chase down Jesus. Because you know what? There's no other option. There's none. This young man is really, really desperate with his boy. And it's odd that in that moment, the disciples and the scribes, when I say scribes, does that stir up anything in you? The scribes, you know who those guys are, right? They were the PhDs of the day who mastered the law. They were the best of the best. The best minds, we would consider them the PhD theologians. 
They were the scribes. And they're arguing with the disciples <laughs> about why, and the crowd's jumping in on, in the argument about why this boy can't be healed. So I've got a couple things I conject. I'm conjecting. I could hear the disciples arguing, well, we did what he told us to do, and it didn't work. You know, well, you just wait till Jesus gets here. I can just hear. I'm conjecting, right? Because you can imagine, well, didn't you heal some other people like in the other town? Well, yes, but you just wait and and things are getting heated. And the scribes, well, you're lawbreakers. And this is a, a, this is spiritual chaos. The demons are causing confusion by more demons. That's why you can't heal them. Does that sound familiar? Because in, earlier in, the, in Mark's gospel, they say Jesus cast out demons by what? Power demons. The, 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 high, the highest demon authority, the ruler of the demons. So can you, can you hear the scribes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like a scene from Barney Fife arguing with somebody, you know, yeah, yeah, back and forth. The scribes are saying, lawbreaker, lawbreaker. You're not keeping the rules. That's why you can't cast this demon out. And the disciples are getting, maybe they're red-faced. I don't know. Maybe they're embarrassed. Well, we did what Jesus told us. I don't know. Well, you just wait. He's coming. You know, I can, I can see the tension. And then there's this crowd. I don't know. Maybe they're saying, where's Jesus? We came. We heard he was here. Where is he? We heard these reports. And you guys are confusing us. You're not representing the Jesus we've heard about. You are not representing the Jesus we heard about. Things are getting real tense. Jesus comes down from the mountain and he asks the crowd, what are you disputing with them? Notice he doesn't engage the scribes or the disciples. Can Can I give you a word of encouragement? Can I give myself a word of encouragement? The average crowd doesn't need to hear us arguing. Okay? The average crowd just does not need to hear us arguing. Arguing about spiritual things. Arguing about theology. Arguing about Jesus and about religion. They don't want it. You know what they want? They want Jesus. And sometimes we don't know how to handle that. And sometimes in our own mess, we hide behind religion and behind, behind, hide behind rules. And we only end up hurting the crowd. Jesus goes straight to the crowd. He didn't even engage them. He goes, what, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you disputing, arguing about these guys? And they say, well, we, the man speaks up. Dad's there. And he says, well, I brought my boy to you. Disciples couldn't heal him. And then he says this. How long am I going to put up with you unbelieving generation? Who is that? Let's, 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 let's own it. I'm asking. Who's the unbelieving generation? Unbelieving generation in every generation. Yeah, certainly. But he's, but he's specifically responding to the crowd. Because the dad says, I brought my son to you and... Of course, you weren't there, so I went to your disciples, and they couldn't heal him. And Jesus goes, this unbelieving generation, how long am I going to have to put up with you guys? Who's he talking to? 
The disciples? Anybody else? The crowd? What do you think? What's that? The Jews. The Jews? Absolutely. The, the scribes, certainly. I, you know, what do you think? Maybe, maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. Everybody within earshot. <laughs> Everybody within earshot? Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Janice. Every generation of people has, has a, a big crowd that doesn't believe. Certainly, yeah. They brought the boy to Jesus. Bring him to me. I love that. Um, can I encourage you by saying, please bring your children to Jesus. Please bring your problems to Jesus. Bring your hot mess to Jesus. Bring your addiction to him. Bring your doubts to him. Bring your broken faith to Jesus. Bring it all. Uh, but please take it to him. No substitutes will do. Take it to him. You know, idolatry will hurt you and just leave you empty. You know, they brought the boy to Jesus. Um, how about this? Jesus asked this question, how long has this been happening? Did you know that's a very wise question? That's the question a, a wise counselor would have. I think of Isaiah 9, 6, that Jesus is called a wonderful counselor, a mighty God and everlasting father. And a prince of peace. That's very wise. How long has this been happen, happening? And the dad uses the Greek word to describe since he was a little boy. Since he was a, just a little fella. A young child. He has been possessed by the spirit. Can I comment that some of our problems have deep roots? Very deep roots. And sometimes healing is a matter of the past. And not just a matter of the present. Sometimes we deal with stuff and we think what we've got to do is we've got to fix right now. If I could just start having my quiet time, things would be all better. Get on my quiet time right now. That's what I got to do. And I understand that. Yes, you should. I should. We should get into God's word. But I'm just saying sometimes things have deep roots. And sometimes it's things in the past that need the grace of Jesus. That's a really good question. How long has this been happening? How about phrasing that for me and you? How long have you been bearing and dealing with your stuff? How long? Second Corinthians seven ten says, "The sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death." He says, "From childhood." Uh, can I just tell you, Satan wants our kids at an early age really early age, you know. Please protect your children. Please fight for them. Thank you, Dora. You're a good mom, Dora. You know that. You're a really good mom. It's interesting that the dad confesses from his early, from his early, early years that this demon, this unclean spirit would try to throw him into a fire, try to throw him into water, and he says, tries to kill him. Does that not remind you of John 10.10? 10? The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Satan wants our kids at an early, early age. Protect our kids. Um, and then this dad, uh, this broken, raw faith, this doubting, kind of believing, doubting, believing. He says, look, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. 
I cannot imagine how discouraged this dad is. I can tell you right now that my friend is completely discouraged. He's prayed all the prayers. He's read the scriptures. He's talked to people of great faith. And I could see where he could say, you know, can you do something? Is there anything that could be done? Take pity. Have mercy, please. Can you help? There's something really, really honest about that. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And Jesus will never, never reject your honesty. And Jesus torts back, if you can, as in, of course I can. You don't get who I am. I get who you are. You're not getting who I am. Of course I can. All things are possible for the one who believes. Jesus didn't reject that doubting faith, that incomplete faith. Uh, I think real faith is better than a religious front. What do you think? <laughs> I think real faith is better than a religious front. And putting on, I don't know, putting on this, this air or this image that well, we're just more like scribes and Pharisees when we do that. You know, if I'm not desperate, it's going to be awfully hard to seek after him. Sometimes crowds are annoying, and if I'm not serious, crowds become an excuse. Well, I just won't seek after him. Yeah. Prayer is direct, directly related to belief, to faith. Just a couple more, and I want to turn it over to you. This is what I'm about to tell you is so important. All of this is important. Uh, I get so excited, you know, the Spirit speaks to my heart and, and says, Chris, this is what they need. And, and of course, he also says, by the way, you need this too. And, and, I, and I get so excited. And I look, how can I communicate that to your people? I'm going to tell you something that's a big deal right now, okay? It's a big deal. Notice that when Jesus identifies the unclean spirit, he says he's deaf and mute. The Spirit is deaf and mute. Now remember, he just said earlier, this unbelieving generation. An unbelieving generation doesn't hear God and doesn't speak of God. That spirit was deaf and mute. They can't hear and they can't talk. Just like an unbelieving generation. So... This is where the razor gets sharp. <laughs> Do you hear the voice of God? Do I hear the voice of God? And do you speak of God? Do I speak of God? Or is something that Jesus is, is kind of hidden or is kind of pushed to the background? An unbelieving generation doesn't hear God and doesn't speak of God. That's exactly how we identified this unclean spirit. The father cried out and asked, in Greek it's krazo. It's, it's actually a very strong, strong word in Greek. It's used in some of the ancient writings to describe an animal that cries out. Even can describe the cry of an, of an of a hawk. 
a screech of, an, of even a crow, almost meaning a croaking-like utterance where there's so much emotion that is busting out of you with such force, it's hard to pronounce your words. He's just yelling out. He's crying. I, 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 don't, I can imagine the guy is shaken and he's broken after this whole mess. And he goes, he just heard him say, all things are possible if you believe. And I can imagine how that hit him. Ah, I do believe, but help my unbelief. The place inside of me that's broken. And when Jesus heard that, <clears throat> that honest, beautiful heart, he healed him. <laughs> healed him. And when the demon left him, everybody thought he was dead. He was so still. And Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up. And he got up. Wow. Now that's when the party starts. <sighs> My dear friend, one day we'll see that. That's going to happen to my friend. He's going to watch Jesus take him by the hand. And Caleb will stand up. And Caleb will speak. Wow. Do you need Jesus to get you by the hand? That, that idea of being held, the hand holding, is actually, it's interesting. It's in Isaiah the prophet a lot. Isaiah would say to Israel, my people, I... I will hold you by your right hand. Stay with me. Disciples' lack of prayer resulted in their inability to cast out the demon. You know, hey, just want to encourage all of us here. Sometimes we are so busy with work and hobbies and iPhones and religion that we just don't have time or heart for prayer. Yeah, we're really busy, aren't we? Wow, we're swamped. We're just covered up, man. Covered up. work, hobbies, the pursuit of adrenaline, the pursuit of fun, iPhones, the pursuit of numbing ourselves, <laughs> the pursuit of wanting to feel nothing, religion, remember that religious front thing, we don't have time or heart for prayer. All right. I've, I've got these summarized real quick for you. Um, I just want to, I just want to turn this over to you. Uh, you're the body of Christ. You're the people who've been born again and the spirit is inside of your heart and he has gifted you. If we're going to take ownership of this story, of this teaching, the crowds don't want to hear us argue. Crowds want Jesus. And that Jesus does not reject the, the broken, whatever descriptors you want to use, the dysfunctional hot mess of who we are. That doesn't scare him at all. If you want to put some distance between you and Jesus, become a scribe. 
Go the way of the Pharisee. That'll distance you. But if you want to go the way of those who really pursue hard after God, go the way of an honest, desperate dad. Follow that path. You're the church. You're the body of Christ. Take ownership of Mark 9, 14 to 29. What difference does it make in our lives? How would we live this out in a practical, real way? Those on Facebook live stream, please own this with us. Those watching on the app, text Stephen. Uh, I want to hear from you right now. You're the church. And by the way, I constantly hear how God speaks through you to other people. So what you say, what you're about to say matters. It's making a difference in the lives of people. Okay, you're the church. Own this thing. How do we live this out? Yes, sir. I have a question. Yes, sir. Disciples have been with Jesus for a given period of time. We don't know how long at this point. Maybe a year and a half, two years, sure. They can't perform this miracle yeah. because they're lacking in the ability to pray. Mm. Are they the unbelieving generation, <laughs> even though they have been walking with Jesus for the better yeah. part of two years? Don't they understand that prayer is what is needed at this particular point? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they're not getting it, how is the Father <laughs> going to get it? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I love that. All right, your brother just asked a question. How are you going to answer it? Yes, sir. So this is after the, he sends them out on a little mission trip, right? Mm-hmm. He gives them the power to cast out me. You know what this reminds me of, coming from a technical background and being like a technical lead? When somebody tries, you teach somebody something, show them how to work on a piece of gear or whatever. They try the one thing you told them how to do and it doesn't work. Help! That's what this is. They tried the one stunt. I cast you out in the name of Blah, or Jesus, I guess. And the demon said, <laughs> and laughed at him. And they went, well, I guess we can't do it. Jesus, that's what this was. And it's right back to what he keeps telling them about faith. You can do anything if you have faith. You have the ability to cast this demon out, but you don't have faith in it. Mm. Say that again. You have, you have the, ability? the ability within you through the Spirit to do this miracle. It's not that you can't. You can, you just don't have the faith yeah, yeah. Matthew's tradition of this story, Matthew says, not only because you don't have, you've not prayed enough, or this one can only come out by prayer, Matthew adds, this one also cannot come out unless you fast. It's a tough demon. This is tough. Well spoken yeah. and common vernacular. This is a really serious spiritual problem. And this is one that they'd not encountered. And it knocked them on their heels, knocked them backwards. Yeah. Don't you think they may have also been in a place where they were trying to do it in their own strength? Yeah. They kind of got good at it, right? The first mission trip was awesome. (laughs) Jesus said, hey, by the way, during the mission report back, he said, guys, I saw Satan fall from the sky like 
given you power. Wow. That's, that's awesome, right? Maybe they get used to it. Maybe they get relaxed. They get comfortable in the routine of it all. We don't know. We don't know. I think it makes the argument all the more exciting. We've been on lots of mission trips, and we know it works, and we've done this a lot. You just wait till Jesus gets here. He'll fix it. I'll show you. You know, It must have been an amazing scene. And the crowd's getting bigger and bigger, and everybody's watching yeah, Carrie. Uh, also, thinking about it, you know, they might have just been going through the motions at that point and yeah. saying the right words and saying all of that, but not having that faith behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And religion will do that to you, right? Sometimes, you ready for this? We put more confidence in our rituals than we do the relationship. We can just run the school cage ritual and the routine. Then we feel like, okay, I feel pretty good about it. Missing the relationship, yeah. And it's the dad, the desperate dad, that brings no religious ritual to him. It's all broken. He's, wow, his heart is so open. Someone else, why does this matter? How do we live this out? Lee? Somebody was like disagreeing with them, some of thunder or whatever, his brothers are like, you yeah. must have called out fire on them. And he's like, no, I can't even say it, not to destroy them. Because they still had this skewed view. And they were power tripping. Yeah, and so I can imagine in this moment, it's just like other religious leaders, you know, they would come to the Lord with their traditions or ideas about how stuff goes. That was yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his father, it was like, he was living in a real place. Yes. Yeah. 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 Lee, um, I'm getting old. I look at some photographs of me and I go like, whoa. I've, I've never looked this bad before. It's getting worse. At this point, there's no hope. Okay, moving on. Moving on. I have, I have a, an ability to worry. I've always battled with anxiety. I'm going to write a thank you note to, my, note to my dad on that one. And it's interestingly, I have never worried more, had more anxiety than over my children and my grandchildren. Because so much can go wrong. <laughs> Rebecca, you know, Rebecca's an, a grown adult. I, I realize that she's only this big, but she's actually an adult. It's amazing how fast they grow. And I see her load the car up with grandchildren like it's that's just what you do, Dad, you know? And off she goes, and immediately, you know what she's doing? She's driving too fast. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. You just wait, Matt Collar. You just wait. Decorah. Bye, Dad. I'm going with my friends. And you see that license plate? Do this. <laughs> you just wait. It's coming. Man. And my kids and grandkids are fine. Boy, the weight, Lee, on, on a dad who has a boy that's in this kind of bondage. Satan himself trying to kill his son. 
Yeah, no time for religion, is there? <laughs> In that scenario, man, religion isn't the answer. A ritual isn't the answer. It's Jesus. And one of the dumbest things we can do as a church is argue about stuff in front of those kinds of people. Now, we are the ones that are, quite frankly, being demonic in many ways. We're making things worse. A lot worse. So, Dora. It, it reads and it sounds to me like the disciples are missing a large dose of humility that Jesus brings. And that father, he is the most humble man you've ever seen because he's empty and vulnerable and broken. And he's like, I clearly have nothing to help my own kid. I need Jesus. Yes. And the disciples are like, ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dora, I think you get it. And you've been there, haven't you? You know what that's all about. And the scribes would say, hey, it's about the rules. It's all about the rules. You can't break the law. You break the law, you get judged. Things don't work out for you. That's because you're being punished. Ah, you're a lawbreaker. That's why you can't fix your problems. What about hearing and speaking of God? What about that? Chris, yes. I saw a really good quote this week that said, speak to God through prayer, listen through his word. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah, so sometimes I think when we talk about hearing God's voice, we're really hearing our voice. <coughs> and knowing that hearing God through his word, this, this is what we need to focus on, yeah. not what we feel inside or what we think we're hearing. We need to focus okay. on his word, and then also having that conversation going with Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Someone else, why does this matter? Anybody? Stephen, someone online? Okay. Um, so something that's interesting about me and Stephen, I don't give Stephen a heads up about what I'm teaching on Sunday. Like, Psst, hey, Stephen, teaching about guy that's really messed up and how he needs to have real faith so hint hint when you pick your songs <laughs> I don't do that at all. he has no idea what's happening okay I heard them practice this morning and I went wow <laughs> only that's that's the Holy Spirit he's the only one that could pull that one off so it's amazing Jim. a couple of things for one we can see here that being frustrated is not a sin <laughs> yeah yeah being human really frustrated here yeah. But also, it ought to dispel once and for all the idea that you've got to hide your doubt. That your mm. doubt is somehow shameful, that it's bad, that it means you don't have enough faith, or whatever else we like to tell people when they have yeah. a question. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I believe that doubting and being upfront and honest with God about it is what leads to growth. Yes. When you open it up and address it and not hide it and hide behind a ritual or whatever else through the fear that that means you're not a real Christian. Yeah. Our doubt gets us on a sturdier, at least for me, when I've been honest about things that I'm, I doubt or don't, don't know about or whatever. I end up on a sturdier footing. If God is true, and these things are true, they will prove themselves no matter how I feel about them at a particular time. Yeah. Open up and lay it out, question, ask God, you know, he, 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 he's there and he can handle it, as we've said, it won't rock yeah. the throne of heaven. Yeah. And you come out stronger and more sure. Yeah. 
Thank you, Joe. Let's do this. Uh, I want you to try to imagine the scene. You've got uh, disciples who are perhaps a little embarrassed and that they struggled that it didn't go according to their, what they've seen repeated. So they're thrown off. You've got scribes uh, evidently pointing fingers, saying, see, you're breaking the rules and this is like demons or messing with demons and what we, what we have already said about Jesus. It's all this stuff is the prince of demons. So this is a big mess. It's all your fault. And you've got the crowd that's just trying to figure this stuff out and get to Jesus. You've got a desperate father. You've got a boy that's deaf and mute. Who are you? If, if you could, you don't answer, but... Who are you in the crowd, you know? Are you in the margin, just watching? Are you in the sidelines? Um, Whoever you are in that crowd, we have to be like the dad. We've got to ignore the crowd and their demands. We have to ignore the scribe. We have to ignore the disciple. We've got to get to Jesus. And whatever it is that's inside of us, we've got to believe that he knows what to do with it. We have to go there. We cannot be akin to this particular unclean spirit and have no hearing of God and have no speaking of God. That We can't be that. We have got to talk about Jesus. We've got to hear him. We've got to do these things. Christchurch, thank you for walking through that with me. Um, it means so much. It, it really does. Um, we're going to get ready to sing some amazing songs. And I, I, I want to pray over us to get our hearts ready for this, okay? Abba, Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus who can walk past the religion and get right to the heart of it all. Lord, the crowd is watching. They're looking. They want answers. Lord, help us to not waste time on lesser things. Please. Help us to hear your voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Lord, help us to speak of your kingdom, of your ways, and run hard after you like this desperate dead. Thank you that faith, hope, and love remain. And it is in the name of Jesus I ask these things. Amen.